0: you're listening to spartan up podcast we're going to interview somebody every week from all over the world and see what they did in their life to become successful no matter how they define it
1: all right uh welcome back to spartan up podcast i am sitting next to some very iron men and one iron woman marion um I am not an Iron Man, <laughs> but uh, this next interview is from a guy who's really touched a lot of people's hearts and uh, been kind of the voice of a really transformational experience, so um, I think it's going to be a great one.
2: And you're going to hear from Colonel Tim Nye, oh. Joe DeSena, Johnny Wait,
1: <laughs> Sephra, Details. and Marion. Sephra doesn't really
2: care about us. <laughs> <laughs> Just well, like, you, you know, with, with this, uh, too much, Joe. Th- this guy's changed so many lives in such a unique way. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing.
0: We are here sparting up the podcast with Mike Riley, who's been with Ironman for over 25 years. Yes, right. Run your own business. Yes. Uh, have a family. Beautiful. Um, have had a hundred people plus working for you in the sales department, so yes. you know you know what it's like to be successful or not. Um, what else? What what other claim to fame do you have?
3: Oh gosh. Uh... I, I was the first race director to put on an international marathon across the U.S.-Mexican border. Really? <laughs> if you can believe that, yeah.
0: And on that note, you've, you've, you've been to over a thousand endurance events? I,
3: I've, I've been on the microphone at over a thousand endurance events.
0: So, And you're, you're an announcer at
3: these events? Yes. Right. Yes. you got that voice. Yes. yes. I, that's what they say, but I, I can't hear it like I guess other people can.
0: Well, you know, um, I, when I was doing Ironman, way back when, I think we bumped into each other mm-hmm. on an airplane. Um, way back when you got you do have the iron man voice. I don't know what they would ever do without you because uh it would be uh it'd be a different event.
3: You know, I don't even I I I don't consider it the iron man voice. I I consider what I get to say to somebody and help them put an exclamation point on a lot of people's biggest part of their lives, the biggest accomplishment ever. And I just, I, I say the words, and I want to make sure that I say the right thing to them because it's just you and me having that conversation when I see them at the finish line. And people all the time say, well, how, how can you keep doing that over and over again, year after year, race after race, and, and one race 2,500 times because they're hearing me for the first time and we're having a one-on-one conversation. Right. And, and I know there are families out there. I know there are spouses out there. their kids are out there who are looking up to them and to be able to tell them what they just did, even though they know they did it, they trained for it. I didn't. So if I was
0: coming across the finish line right now, what, 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 what do you say? What's your what's your line?
3: Well, I've got a bio. I'd say uh, Joe Desina. I don't care how many times you've done this before. Here's yeah. another first. You are an Ironman. know yeah, and
0: just hearing that, as a, you know, you've been out there whatever 12, 14, 15 hours, right? And uh, <laughs> you do you wait for that for that announcement? You are an Ironman.
3: It's pretty it's pretty daunting what people will write to me and say to me uh after i've done it and they'll tell me exactly what i said to them uh and and i've had I, i've had women a couple of women tell me that i saved their lives because after that iron man they were going to end their days really that. yes and and uh I, i'd write i write back to everybody i call everybody as much as i can and and go well, I, you know i'm glad you finished you got to keep going there's another finish line somewhere i know i know Thank you. Thank, uh, well,
0: so on that note, what, that's, that's the big, that's the $64 million question for us at Spartan is, is what makes somebody successful versus unsuccessful? You had 100 salespeople working for you, right? Mm-hmm. More than 50 of them probably weren't good and you've churned them and you got better ones and there were some amazing ones. Why can't they all be amazing? Like, Why, don't, why doesn't everybody wake up early in the morning and just get it done?
3: I think it's because a lot of them haven't had the natural nature in their lives to have to have to compete. And 25 of those salespeople supported the 75, and that's just the way it was. And in those 25, you see a fire that either was brought about by their parents, by something that they did in their life and, and they wanted to come back from it. A lot of people made some serious mistakes. I had one guy that went to jail, told me his story. I go, I'm going to hire this guy. One of the best salespeople I've ever hired in my entire life, because he got that second chance. And uh, I think, you know, well, let me stop there versus,
0: it's a big question for me, the person that had the great upbringing and it was a very
3: cushy life. uh, Are they? I, you know, my kids didn't have a bad life. Uh, I've got best friends that their kids didn't have a bad life. And all four of the kids in our family, unbelievably successful and have this fire in their belly. I don't think it's a thing if you're spoon fed. I think it's because maybe they saw people around them succeed. And uh, Joe, so, I get, so they have something to aspire.: to. They got something to aspire to. I get eighteen year old kids now at Ironman's walk up to me and go, "Mr. Riley, right away I go, "Oh no, so, "Mr. Riley, you called my dad an Iron Man when I was eight years old, and I was watching him here, and I knew one day I was going to do this. now you're going to call me an Iron Man." and I'm thinking that's the biggest thrill in life for that father to know that it was his, you his yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I helped Dad right. in, and he heard it, and he wants to hear the same thing. So I think a lot of it has to do with with environment but the good ones create their own environment they create a positive environment and um, some just don't yeah so what (laughs) what what, you know how
0: does that guy get out of jail and become successful what what tip what lesson can can four million spartans out there learn to just turn the switch on and just get it done in life
3: I, i think the biggest lesson is you you aren't a failure if you make a mistake you're a failure if you don't Improve that mistake. You're a failure if you don't go on and try to do it again. I think so many people get pushed once, and that's kind of the end of it. They get pushed twice and three times, that's the end of it. A great salesman gets told no eight out of 10 times. And those no's can be pretty aggressive. You're going, Like, uh, never
0: call me again, you're to, an idiot. Right. I
3: don't want to get on this phone again. I don't want to go out for that run again. I, I was crap last time. My time was bad, whatever. And you start talking to yourself that way. That's kind of okay. But then get your ass back out and do it again. And watch what happens. Right. It comes around. It just naturally comes around. It is amazing to
0: me um, on Wall Street when I was running the business there that um, you really didn't have to be great. You just didn't have to, You just couldn't quit. If you didn't quit, you were, you were in an environment where you can make money, like on your sales desk, right? You just gotta keep
3: at it and eventually it just works. You know, it's almost like the old adage of, hey dude, just show up. Yeah, right. The consistent guy, you know, that guy that goes to the plate and he has that same routine before he hits that ball and all of a sudden he's the better hitter in the league and, and that guy that gets to work at, you know, an hour, hour and a half before everybody else does and gets that day set up and ready to go and the other buddy comes in and they're behind. He doesn't look at himself as ahead of these guys, but they're behind. Wow. And and just showing up and, and putting in the extra time and effort and working smart. You know, I'm, I'm not an adage of, oh, you know, you better be in here 13 hours today. Man, if a guy was in there six hours and he's producing like I can't believe it, I'd go, you've got to find out how he's doing it because he's working out the other three hours or going home with the family, and, and he's making twice you are. So Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Right. And... and By the way,
0: it's little things, isn't it? It's not like he's not a rocket scientist, the guy working six hours and killing it. He's doing, he might be showing up a little earlier. He might be making one extra phone call, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe he smiles while he calls. Mm
3: -hmm. I had one guy, and I I did it years back, had a mirror right in front on the call. You get on the call, and he just look in the mirror and, hey, Mr. Smith, how's today going? And he'd see himself. I go, you like doing that? He goes, yeah, because I'm figuring he's seeing my expression. He's feeling my expression. If I see, it, if I'm like this, he knows it. it you know, the, the passion can come through a a, a phone. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just like it does face to face. So it is. It's those little things that keep piling up into this mountain of of strength. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. I um,
0: before Wall Street, I clean swimming pools, and um, I was very young. And I thought, why am I getting? Why am I stealing customers from guys that have been in business 30 years? And I thought, just because I'm taking the extra step, I'm, I'm cleaning their lawn furniture and, and stuff while I'm there cleaning their pool. The other guy's
3: not doing that. Like, no. one extra step. You know, I had two older brothers that worked in uh, a bowling alley in our hometown back in, in Ohio. And back in their day, they would set pins. Uh, so I Physically keep. go down and yeah. put the pins and up. and I got in high school in the automatic machine and, you, and they told me, you're going to work at the bowling alley. And they, they were both left the house because they're 10 years old. I go, I'm not working at that you're working at the alley and I couldn't understand why they pushed me so dog it I did Friday and Saturday nights during high school I couldn't go out for a buck 25 an hour I was working at a bowling alley and uh, I found out why I was back there by myself working the machines and once I got it going it was my first time in my life I had control over something right. And I go I want to do this the best I could this is mine this this is I'm not gonna let my brothers down and but most of all I'm not going to let myself down. That's when I first realized.
0: But nobody was twisting you nobody was saying, hey, you're no. not... And you they just said, you, said you're going to
3: go work there. But, you, but you
0: had it in you to, to do a better job and to own it and to...
3: I didn't want somebody to say... I didn't want somebody to say I didn't do a good job. Yeah, right. I didn't want, you know, I wrestled in high school and college and, you know... There you go.
0: That's, I, that I, I is got, the answer. <laughs> Wrestling. That's the
3: answer. I, I got beat more than I won. but that's okay. I, but I... I'm so proud of I'm more proud of those workouts and those practices for three, three and a half hours where you're actually, I can remember a couple of practices crawling out of the room to get to the shower room and go, I'm never doing this again. Next day, you know, you're, <laughs> doing, back, in there, you're yeah. back in there and, and uh, it just, even though you lose, you go, okay, I lost and people be moping around. My dad would say, "Ah, you lost. And, and a couple of times because my brother was an All-American, I wasn't. So, well, Pat did it this way. I'm not Pat, I'm me. Uh, I guess I'm not gonna win as much as he does but and I didn't know at the time maybe I learned a little more than he did
0: (laughs) let's take a a two-minute break but I want to get back to wrestling because I got some some good wrestling stories for you okay see you in a minute
3: I hope you're not sitting still while you listen if you are you better get a burpee break in
0: so uh, first of all I had no idea you were a wrestler um do you think it's as simple as that? Maybe we've got to get everybody on the planet at a certain age to get a singlet and have to wrestle?
3: There's something about a mano a mano. There's something about uh, going at it with an, another guy. It's just you and him just, in, in, on the mat. Just you and him. I mean, there's no faking it. There's no hiding. There's no excuses can be made because there's a winner and there's a loser. You could lose. I, I remember losing matches eight to nine, and it was the best match I ever had in my life. But at the end, I go... Oh my God, that's right. He escaped me, last It was. Right. I walked away. I didn't consider myself a loser. Right. Uh, you, you thought that, to yourself, "Hey, I, I got to fix that one I thing." I got to do. You know, right. I let him go. I, I got too tired. He put in more miles than me, and you know, that's where I got my running background. And oh my God, I just love putting in. I, I I would meet with another guy on our team in college. We'd meet early in the morning, and we'd run like four miles, which seemed like 40 to us back then. But uh, he goes, "Hey." And we'd mention another wrestler's name in the conference. You think he ran a, more, a mile more than us today? Yeah, he, he might have. Let's go. So we do one more mile. I had a guy I just he,
0: interviewed who uh, is an Olympic wrestler. And he said he would run by his competition's house, which was eight miles away, just to see if he was training or not. <laughs> and and if, it, if the light was on, he'd run further.
3: You're right, because it, it's, uh, they're going to do some little thing that all of a sudden beats you. And you go, what did what, he do? yeah uh and competition
0: drives competition drives it right right, right. whether you're comp- we probably guys like you or me we compete with ourselves
3: yeah i don't, I don't you, we do i right. mean i i tell people if i give a motivational speech you know what you're out of school now you're done with mom and dad and everybody else and there's a guy talking to you every day that is more powerful than than almost the lord above and that's you and if you don't listen to him then you're screwed yeah right and I, Every day, I, you know, did I, did I do that right? Did I make the right decision? Did I, you know, but keep asking yourself. We, we interviewed a,
0: a gentleman who said um, he started to succeed once he realized that every day when he woke up, he was going to face uh, adversity. Like, we all face it, right? Whether you're a writer or a wrestler or whatever, you're going to face resistance. It's going to be difficult. And once you accept that, then it's like, all right, here we go. Get my suit and tie off for resistance.
3: And, and you just got to get through it. it That's right? what it is. You know, I heard long ago, as a matter of fact, it was here in San Diego. I just moved here from Ohio and uh, went to this class. My brother was into Toastmasters and public speaking, and I got into it because he got me into it and I loved it. And one guy gave a speech. He goes, You know, at the end of the day, if you live by the adage, you're the cause of your own experience, it's good. And and afterwards, guys would go, You know what, you're not, a, what if a guy came up and hit you from behind in a car? He goes, Sure, there are things that, but Truly, by nature, you're the cause of your own experience. Yeah. So
0: Once you accept that. Once you
3: accept it, the other things go away. The yeah. things that count stay with you. I
0: right. did. I just interviewed a happiness uh, professor at Cornell. How and do you he, become? I don't know how you become <laughs> a happiness <laughs> professor. But he said, this is, is inter- this is interesting. They did studies, and, and you can go out and buy a really nice watch or a ring or this or that. Invariably, people are upset after they make those purchases. Ah, I did not really need it. But when you buy an experience, like you just <laughs> talked about, you never regret those. No.
3: I think the experiential part of, their, of people's lives uh, lasts with them. And the best part about that is, unlike buying a car or a ring, it permeates to somebody else. It goes to somebody. Somebody else sees it. And I tell Ironman athletes at the award ceremony, I like, go, you guys, you know what? You're leaders in your community. You're leaders in your family. Now, just go out. You're going to go out naturally and make the world a better place to live in. As hokey as it sounds and as big picture as it sounds, it's true. They go out and, and influence, they influence. create yeah. great families yeah. friendships businesses you know they're the I, I the greatest story joe is when active went public in 2011 we're on the the wall street floor suits and ties you know you're looking around you're intimidated you go whoa these dudes i mean it's just an intimidating you know Are you, you sure remember, yeah? Yeah. and all of a sudden i hear mike riley mike riley this dude running at me in the group from the floor they with a three-piece sh- suit on the whole and he comes up, high five, dude, you called me an Iron Man in Lake Placid. It was the greatest day of my life. And everybody's like real quiet. And I go, so what's your name? He told me his name. So what do you do here? Oh, I'm the executive vice president of the exchange. Anytime you want to come down, just let me know. He turned around, he walked away. I'm going, oh, my God. And right, it, right. It, 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 The connection. That, the experience yeah. breaks down people to be
0: regular. The guy next door. That's right.
3: Regular guy next door.
0: So, so tell me about this uh, wrestling coach that's nearby here in San Diego. Oh, Wayne
3: Brannister, you know, I've uh, met him once in the past. He built a program at Poway High School here in Southern California, uh, in San Diego, that uh, he starts him young. He starts them, you know, first, second grade, brings him up through the ranks. And uh, his, his, he, tells, he tells all his athletes, just stick with it, and I'll make you a champion. You'll be a champion when you leave this program. And he's not talking about a wrestling champion. He, ne- he always talks about life and going on. His, his network of ex-wrestlers out in the world are an amazing group of young men. And uh, sure, he's had state champions. He's won state championships and everything. But everyone you talk to, and there was just an article in the paper a couple weeks ago, they come back and go, he taught me how to succeed in life. And I didn't know it until I got out here in life. And... It, I, want, it, I want to definitely talk to him. He, yeah. is, he is a what would you,
0: what, If you had to boil it down, three things. What, what is it? I mean, obviously hard work.
3: I think hard work. I think uh, commitment to when you start something. Finish it. Finish. Finish it. And you know what? Timelines are always something people throw at us. If you create your own timeline, you miss it. All right, you missed it still go get it and finish it. Yeah. Just because you missed it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right.
0: I, only, I only did three years of college. No sense in going back. It's been four years. <laughs> go back and get it done.
3: Yeah. Right. I mean, you, you read those stories all the time. People yeah. doing that, so, yeah. and, and you know, it's, it, 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 it's pretty simple. I, I don't break things down to where I like, Oh my God, I can't figure this out. It, it's all really pretty simple and it just starts with you. You know, you got to live from the inside out. And once you do the, the other stuff, falls in place it, just, it falls right. in place yeah. it really does what's your favorite yeah. exercise
0: for those uh, four million people out oh, there? oh gosh
3: I still love to ride my bike and I think the biggest reason is because when I was running marathons I was running you know in the 240 I was I was quick and I'm not as fast anymore but when I ride my bike you can go fast I can go fast right. and and I can stay up with the young guys I can still climb you know nice. the power of it all and uh you know I get off my bike and I go okay that's that's a good day what's so. next for you uh what's next for me a couple award shows through the year but right. i'm already getting emails from the kiwis can't wait come on here we go i'm on my bike i'm chanting what you say to me i mean you should i gotta it, see you gotta send me some of them i gotta say yeah some it. of them right what some of them right yeah. and uh the biggest fear I have is, gosh, I don't call somebody an Ironman, and sometimes I don't because there's 10 at a time, and you, you just yeah. physically, you just don't get it out. And you can spit out you, once
0: in a while you're a Spartan.
3: <laughs> I get them, I get them. I've done that where people come in and they've got a Spartan shirt oh, on. Oh, okay. I go, all right, you're a Spartan. Now you're an Ironman. <laughs> That's
0: great. <laughs> or vice versa. Yeah. So, so describe that incident uh, with Chris Lee.
3: Wow, well, you're at the finish line. It's in my memory like a last... You know, it was yesterday. Chris was coming down Ali'i Drive in Kona at the Ironman World Championship, and and uh, was one of the favorites that day. Uh, and and got about 70 yards out and just stopped and started walking sideways, walked backwards, and then uh, his legs were given out like they were rubber, and you knew he gave everything he had, but the real estate. He still had more real estate to go. And so the crowd and everybody were trying to encourage him as much as we can. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, we're encouraging a guy who looks like, I swear to goodness, that he's going to die. I mean, he was just in that mode. And, and uh, you could see him trying to react to, to the voices and the applause, but it wasn't there. It wasn't in the tank. It just, you know, but he still, his mind was trying to push through all that pain and all that dehydration. But it, but it didn't happen. So it was. I I think Chris doesn't even know, realize probably the impact of everybody there, even to this day. If we interviewed everybody, they'd have the exact same story about seeing what Chris went through, the effect he had on people. So who, who knows how many people walked away from that, where Chris influenced, like I'm going to push through pain, like I never have before. Yeah, yeah, you see Uh, that, you get inspired. you're, you're, it's inspired by it. And Chris was, uh, he in my, in my estimation that day he, he won the race. He, he won the race. And, uh, because he didn't come across first, but he, he was, he he the, was the winner yeah. of the day. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> you got it. Thank you. Take sir. Care. Yeah. All right.
1: You know, I love how he said, there's always another finish line somewhere and uh yeah the whole talk about you know an eight-year-old seeing his dad go through that and then and then he gets to have that privilege and
2: yeah he talks about the one-on-one conversation that he's having with people even though there's thousands of people across the line he tries to have that connection with every one of them Mm -hmm. it's really neat to hear him say that you know 20 30 years later he's running to people who come up to him at the new york stock exchange the guy runs up and he was all intimidated by these guys and he was a celebrity the guy's like you changed my life and so uh it really shows that um if you put your passion to what you're doing You know, he could just get up there and just do it as a job, but instead he does it as a vocation. And so, um, you know, really anything you're doing, you can make a difference if you have that one-on-one connection with people.
0: That's like teaching uh, children, right? Like my dad used to teach me, whatever you're doing is very important and and really do it to the best of your ability. Because I think it's easy for us to say, oh, this is not that big a deal. It's not like I'm doing heart surgery, but he takes it seriously. It affected me when I crossed the line and hundreds hundreds of thousands of others.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I also thought it was interesting. He talked about one person who didn't cross the line, and I remembered we had done a, a podcast uh, with Chris Lee last year, yeah. and he talked. Well, you remember this because you've just seen it from uh, the the guy who collapsed, and he said in his mind he kind of won that race it. in terms of the impact he had on people. So I would encourage anyone who hasn't yeah. seen the Chris Lee podcast to go back. It's Chris L-E-G-H and go back and watch that one because that was really really impactful. And he talks about how you know how many years later it's still one of the most. Memorable moments for him, and so there's a great example of, of how we define failure, right? Here's a guy who failed in that Iron Man. He was gonna win it and and didn't cross the line, but he says that there's his huge success in that. If you're gonna fail, fail famously. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Uh, not
4: fame, it's infamy. <laughs> Infamously, yeah. Well, it was, wasn't was bad marketing for Iron Man either, right? Yeah, sure. I yeah, yeah, yeah. when you think about Iron Man, you think about that commercial, you think about that moment a lot. Nah. It's like. When the UFC first started and they had the uh, Griffin Bonner fight, yeah. you know, I mean, it was just gory and bloody. Yeah. But it became the stamp of of that of that organization. You know, yeah. so. But what I was taking from this is exactly that: is okay, we're going inter- to you're going to interview a guy whose job it is to be an announcer at a race. But everything you've just said, you know, how he personalized it and how he made it a professional thing, and then how how it's kind of grown from there. But the things he talked about, remaining positive and, yeah. and continuing to, to try. You know, we've heard all these things before, but what I hadn't heard before was the, uh, when he was talking about the salesman with the mirror on his desk and looking into the mirror so that he would remain Mm -hmm. positive. So even though the person on the phone couldn't see his face, he could see his face and then he would transfer that kind of energy, if you would. Uh, I think think that's that's, that's kind of a cool I think you
0: hear it. I think you hear when somebody's happy and and smiling. You you hear it. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Absolutely. But he
4: wanted wanted that feedback to know that he was, you know, so it's...
1: I also, I also like something that you mentioned, Joe. You said um, when you were growing up and you did business, you would go one step farther. You would clean the lawn pad. You like, like you know, like you say, anything you do is worth being done well. And when I was running with your boys, when we were at, um, what's the one in Boston? The yeah. Boston, Boston Marathon. No, 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 no. The Spartan Race in Boston. <laughs> oh, hold on. Uh, Fenway. Fenway. Okay, so we're at Fenway. How much? And was we've gone, We his boys who, who you know. We've gone and we ran the course like five times. And even after they were done, they climbed up on the finish line, right? And they were high-fiving people as they came across. Because you guys are at so many races, but for each of those people who are getting that first Spartan medal, crossing that finish line, it's such a big deal. And your boys were like just high-fiving everyone. And I think it means so much to people to really celebrate their accomplishments because it's really quite a feat for a lot yeah. of people, you know? I mean, the baseline we're around sometimes. Well, And a lot of
0: races, a lot of races um, and certainly in the military, you come across – There is nobody there at the finish <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. It's a piece yeah, of cold pizza and right well and that's that's something that's that, problem that a lot of
2: veterans that, are that, having that's something that's really mattered to me with spartan race and uh when i first started working with you guys it was really clear to me that we want to make sure the last racer had the same experience as the first racer yeah. and you know when when that last racer crosses the line and the tents are down and the fire's gone out and uh and everyone's going home and we've made sure that that last racer comes across and the fire is still going and the music's still going and they can still go and buy a sweatshirt or whatever whatever they want to do yeah. so they don't, they don't feel and that, you know, that person who crosses last and same with the Ironman same with any race has actually worked harder than the winner to get without, there without a doubt and they're the most inspiring people at our races so, um, uh, and you know the great thing too is a lot of those people who may not have even done a Spartan race yet are watching the podcast and now they're going to come out and do one so we promise you that at the finish line we will say you are a Spartan <laughs> yeah so and the good news is it sounds like my kids have a future
0: in announcing <laughs> Absolutely Or Absolutely. encouragement Cause
1: I, cause yeah. inspiration. I'm glad because I
2: was
0: worried
4: about them
1: <laughs> Find show notes, video, and audio from this episode at spartanuppodcast.com backslash 057
4: Thank you for listening to another epic story of success Follow us on Twitter at SpartanUpPod. The Spartan Up Podcast is brought to you by Spartan
1: To find a race near you, visit spartan.com <laughs>